Welcome to the Steve Stein Guitar Podcast, brought to you by GuitarZoom.com. If you want to improve your guitar playing, keep listening. If you want to improve even faster, go to GuitarZoom.com, where you'll find all of Steve's premium courses, masterclasses, and memberships that'll help you quickly and easily improve your playing. Now, here's your host, Steve Stein. Hey, Steve Stein from Guitar Zoom here. I want to show you something that one of the patterns that I really love to play uh, when soloing is this sort of horizontal two-string, three-note per string pattern. And I do it all the time, so I thought, what the heck, I'll just show you how, how this works and see if it's something that you might enjoy. And give you a couple of different ideas of what you can do with it as well. But right now what I'm doing is I'm playing in the key of G major, which if you know anything about your theory, which means you're actually in the key of E minor as well. So, you know, if you play a lot of rock or metal, you might be in the key of G major or E minor quite frequently. Um, it works for blues as well, because if you know anything about your modes, this lick also works in, or this pattern works in A Dorian, which is a bluesy kind of mode. And again, if you don't know anything about any of that, don't worry about it. Just understand that this thing will work whenever you're in a key of E, doing some sort of hard rock or metal thing. Or um, if you were, you know, your main chord was G. And again, if, if that's if that's all it means to you, that there's nothing wrong with that. Um, and it might just be an exercise that you're messing around with to try and develop your chops a little bit. So what we're going to be doing here is we're going to be using the G major scale, again, as I just described, all the way up the fretboard um, using this particular kind of pattern. And the way this is going to work is I'm going to play three, five, and seven on the second string. Then I'm going to play three, five, and seven on the first string. Now, because I have two strings, two adjacent strings, I'm playing down, up, down, up, down, up. I'm playing complete alternate picking. If there's a different kind of picking pattern that might suit you better, um, that's awesome. But for me, when I'm playing something like this, the goal is to kind of forget about what my, my picking hand is doing, and it just rotates, and it just keeps picking over and over and over. So my entire pattern all the way up is going to consist of just going down, up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down, up. Now, the nice thing is, is all these patterns are also in groups of six because I have three notes on each string. So I'm going to go one, two, three, four, five, six. So I'm going to move up one fret higher, which puts me at the eighth fret. And I'm going to play eight, seven, five, eight, seven, five backwards. So I have... So I have three, five, seven, three, five, seven, move up and do eight, seven, five, eight, seven, five. Okay. Now what I used to do when I would start, when I started practicing these sorts of things is I would take just what I've just shown you right there. And I would just practice that over and over and over with and without a metronome going. So if you think about it, if you set your, your metronome going. You see? So you, you can, we're going to keep building up, but you can take just one little part and just practice it over and over and over because the key to effective speed is timing and synchronization. That's really what you're dealing with. So if you're trying to do something faster than you can, whether it's, you know, incapable of going that fast at this point in your life or it's early in the morning and you haven't really warmed up or whatever the case may be 
The goal is to get the blood flowing and get your, your brain synchronizing with what your fingers are trying to do. And even if you walked away just practicing that one thing, um, it's credible win because as we keep building here, you could pick any two adjacent patterns as we move up and just practice doing them over and over and over in rotation. So let's move on to the next one. So now I've got five, seven, eight. I just came down that eight, seven, five, just like this, right? Okay. So now what I'm going to do is move up to the seventh fret and I'm going to play seven, eight, ten, both times going toward the floor. So now I have this. So you see how I went towards the floor, moved over towards the ceiling, moved over towards the floor again. Okay. Then what I'm going to do is I'm going to move over again to the 12th fret. I'm going to play 12, 10, and 8. So again, all the notes that I'm playing at this point all fit in the key of G major, which is the same as E minor or so on and so forth, if you know your, your theory. So everything's fitting. Okay, it's just that up to this point, we've been lucky because it's very symmetrical, right? You've got this shape here, which is symmetrical. Both strings are doing exactly the same thing. Then we move up to 8, 7, 5, and it's the same shape. Then we move up to 7, 8, 10, it's the same shape. Then we move up to 12, 10, 8, and again, it's the same shape. So it looks like this. Okay, but now we're going to move up to the 10th fret and we're going to make our next shape, but this is where it changes. We're going to play 10, 12, 13, and you'll notice I'm using my third finger there because on the next string I have to play 10, 12, 14. And the reason is, is because I need this F sharp. In the key of G, I have an F sharp in there. So I have, if I'm playing the notes that I want here, I actually have, if we think about the notes of the key of G, we've got G, A, B, C, D, E. F sharp. So if I look at all my notes here, G, and then if I go to this shape that we're talking about right now, I have A, B, C, D, E, F sharp. So that's why this particular shape winds up being uh, off one with that, with that finger. So up to that point, you were being very symmetrical and it was working out great. When you get here, it gets a little bit harder. Now you might say, I don't need to go any farther. I might just go up to here and then work my way back down. Let me show you what I mean by that. You could play. Watch this. See how you just went backwards? Up. 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 Back. Back. And back. So I could make a little loop just going back and forth with that. Okay? But let's just keep going since we're working this whole thing up. If you're enjoying this episode and you'd like to support the podcast, go to guitarzoom.com and consider becoming a premium member. There are three memberships to choose from. VIP, which gives you instant access to a library of short but powerful courses as well as new bite-sized lessons each month. There's also Play Songs that gives you step-by-step -step lessons so you can learn to play your favorite songs fast. And finally, there's Masterclass, university-level training on everything from soloing to music theory, from blues to home recording. For more info about these memberships and all the premium courses available to you, go to guitarzoom.com. Now back to the podcast. 
So when I get to this one, it's going to look like this. And I just have to get used to the unusual uh, fingering of using all four fingers to make that work. Which means when I move up, I'm going to go to 15. But when I go backwards, I got to go 15, 14, 12, 15, 13, 12. So if I put those two together for you to see, it looks like this. Sorry. There we go. Okay. So let me play the whole thing in its entirety, starting at the beginning here. Now, what I'm going to do is move up to the 13, and I'm sure you're guessing what's happening already. I'm going to play 13, 15, 17, 14, 15, 17, because again, I've got to accommodate that weirdness happening right there. So I'm using my first finger, my middle, and my pinky, and then I'm also using the same fingering here. I just have to move that first finger up. So that's what I'm doing there. Then what I'm going to do is move up to the 19 and it evens out again because now I'm starting all over again. I'm doing this one down here. So I'm doing 191750. So let me play the whole thing nice and slow for you so you see this. Move up. Move up. Move up. Move up. Now this is the weird one. Move up and this is the other side of the weird one. Then we move up, and we've got the last part of the weird one. Move up. Now we've got symmetry again. I could stop there, because I'm on the D here, which is compatible with that G chord or whatever. But I'm going to finish it off by doing this. I'm going to move up to the 19th fret. I'm going to play 19, 21, 20, or excuse me, 17. I'm sorry, 17, 19, 20, which was this one right there. And I'm just going to finish that off. You know, I might do some sort of bend or whatever it might be. So this is what it looks like. Okay, a little faster. So you see, it sounds really neat. So when you're playing over something, you might have an A. You know, kind of a rock and roll thing going in the key of A, and you throw this in, and maybe you don't do the whole thing. Maybe you just do a little bit of it, or two of them. I mean, there's all kinds of different things that you can do. So I use these patterns on all kinds of different strings um, in, in different ways, but it's one of my key go-to speed style patterns, regardless of what key I'm in. I mean, I can change to the, you know, the key of... A or the key of D or the key of whatever. And and the, the beauty of this is this is going to change, you know, the, the pattern itself is going to start and stop at a different place, but the way they connect together is still going to be the same, right? Um, and again, I don't want to get too far into that, but if you understand anything about scales, you know that scales on the guitar, if I'm in the key of G versus the key of D, all I'm doing is just kind of rotating like a treadmill. I'm rotating that, that, um, that whole scale shape across my fretboard. So this and this and this and this are still going to exist. They're just going to be in a different place depending on the key that I'm in. 
So for right now, let's just focus on the key of G and it'll be just fine, okay? But just so you're aware of that. So what's some other things that we could do with this? Well, one thing I like to do is instead of going up, meaning toward the floor, and then towards the ceiling, is I'll just play them all toward the floor like this. And that's kind of fun. Or you might play it backwards doing this. And that's kind of fun too. Now, every one of those is gonna require, you know, extra amount of practice and those sorts of things because they are kind of difficult to do. And the most important thing is for you to be patient because if you try and take this stuff too fast, it just winds up sounding very sloppy. And believe me, if I can learn how to do this stuff, you can learn how to do this stuff because none of this came easy for me. It was just a matter of sitting there doing it over and over and over, making a connection to a metronome, making it connect in, in, in terms of its timing. You know, whatever it is that you'd like to be doing. Or you could take each one. And just practice each one on its own, however you'd like to do that. But I mean, I, there's something really empowering about being able to play some of these ideas. And again, you might not be able to do the whole thing. Maybe you can, and that's great. But it's, it's just learning how to build up something that you can utilize in your playing. So when you're playing something slower, you can decide to throw something really cool in there to kind of shake things up a little bit, which sounds really neat to your listener. And again, I'm not saying you have to learn how to play fast or uh, it's whatever it is you're looking for, but I'm saying it is a tool that we use as guitar players, just like everything else. So what I find is most people, when they go, I have no interest in playing fast, that's not true. Most people, I mean, music is whole note and half note and quarter note and eighth note and 16th note. That's what it is. If we spent our whole lives just playing whole notes, you know, who, who, who the winner is that plays the absolute slowest, it wouldn't sound very interesting, would it? So we want to be able to play somewhere in the middle there. Do we want to play fast all the time? Heck no. But we do want to be able to do some things that bring us out of just playing quarter notes all the time or something like that. So the, the downside is, is that most people that, you know, say that I don't want to do anything like that, it's because they don't want to practice these sorts of things because it takes time. Okay. I don't care who it is. As far as players go, the goal is in your playing is to be dynamic, dynamic, both in terms of contrast, you know, in tempo, in melody, in pitch, you know, in, in so many different things go into that. So this is a really nice thing to be able to just look at and go, what could I do with this? How could I apply this in, in, in a way that would make sense for me and what I'm looking for, but still add some dynamics. So when somebody listens to me, they go, wow, everything doesn't sound exactly the same all the time. You got this new idea. So stay positive. That's the most important thing. And be patient and practice hard. And I'll talk to you soon. Next time on the Steve Stein Guitar Podcast. Hey, Steve Stein uh, from Guitar Zoom here, and I want to talk to you a little bit about the importance of learning how to play thirds on your guitar. Um, and what we're going to call these are triads, okay? These are triads that we can use in what people often refer to as arpeggios. So we really have three terms here. We have 
thirds, which are the notes that make up a chord, the chord we're playing is called a triad, which means it consists of three different pitches. Um, and the way that we're playing them on the guitar is what we call an arpeggio or broken chord. So if you think about it, if I play an A chord, right there what I'm playing are the three notes, A, C sharp, and E. Okay, those three notes make up what's called a triad. That's what I'm playing in this chord. Okay, those chords are thirds, which means the distance from A to C sharp is a third. The distance from C sharp to E is also a third. Okay, so just to throw out a little bit of terminology for you of what we're doing. Now, if I was to take that chord and instead of strumming it like that, I pick through it, I'm creating what's called an arpeggio. Okay, so when I strum it, I get a chord. When I pick through it, I get an arpeggio. So what I want to do is I want to explain to you a little bit of a shortcut on how to play these chords and then how to find them across the guitar for various reasons. Hey, Steve Stein here from GuitarZoom.com and thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, can I ask you a favor? Please subscribe, leave a review, and share it with a friend. Your feedback means more to me than you'll ever know. And be sure to check out my YouTube channels where you'll find over 1,000 videos to help you with your guitar playing. Thanks again for listening. Stay positive, keep playing, and keep having fun. If you'd like some help with your guitar playing but you're not sure how to get started, go to GuitarZoom.com and look for the Help Me Choose survey. By answering a few simple questions, you'll get Steve's personal recommendation of the perfect course for you. All this and more is available for you at GuitarZoom.com.